Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks <laughs> Talking Sports. I am KG Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Joining me this evening, Andy Yanez from Paul Samajama, Willie Gibson from WTG Sports in Ohio, and special guest, Brian Monso from GoCougs.com. How are you, sir? I am great. So this is episode 99? Yes, sir. So you couldn't even wait to have me on 100? Maybe next or week is that going to be some special thing? You might. You got like, Kelvin for an hour. Who knows? Yeah. Hey. We want Kelvin for another hour so he can uh, he can make fun of my hair. For, he, he was. Uh, <laughs> your hair looks good though. For once. He oh, was going Kelvin. to he was going to join Thursday's show, my Thursday show, but he was in New York with Jairus, so he couldn't make it. So I said, uh, no worries. So there was no show, basically. <laughs> so who knows? But for fans who don't know Ryan, don't follow him on GoCougs.com. The website, let folks know who you are, sir. Talk about yourself. I'm, I'm Ryan. I sit next to Andy in the press box. We have a Twitter and we have a website called gokus.com. And uh, we do some NIL stuff, too, at hounil.com. And one reason I invited Ryan on this evening, we're going to talk Cougs, of course, but I want to get his direct opinion on UH baseball Chris Pesman deciding for some reason to bring back Todd Whitting for a reported three-year deal. Your thoughts on, on that decision, Ryan, sir? You got it. I love it. I think it's the right decision. <laughs> um, so my thought is you sign the guy to a four-year deal, five-year deal maybe, and you let it run out all the way to the end, and you don't re-sign him. And nobody does that in college sports. You never go into the last year of a deal or the last month of a deal without a new contract. But they let Todd go all the way to the end with a schedule you knew couldn't get you to the NCAA tournament. You had to win the conference tournament to get in. And you still resign him. Yeah, he's a loyal U-base guy. He played here. He went here. He coached here. And now he's back as head coach. He's been here 12 years. This will be 13, I think, coming up. But he's only made the tournament four times. And that when was, is not. When was the last time, Ryan? When was the last time? It, it was 2018. They hosted a regional with Iowa and Baylor and somebody else, and lost to Iowa, I believe. Um, but didn't make it in 2019. Canceled 2020. 2021, maybe the worst team U of H has ever had. Didn't make it last year. Didn't make it this year. And with the talent that is in this town, that should never ever happen. You should never miss four tournaments in a row. You should never miss two, frankly. Um, the other thing that, that is strange to me is that I have talked to people in the college game, coaches, head coaches, and I've been, you know, a lot of people had interest in this job. A lot of people were kind of sniffing around. Uh, guys that have coached on World Series teams in the last two or three years. And the fact that, that, it really did not seem they had a plan and then just said, okay, we'll stick with this guy and then gave him three more years. It's, I want it to work, but they've been churning through so many players. I mean, the, the roster has turned over every year for four years and that's not the way to build a program. And you've had some, some key guys transfer out this year since the season ended. And I just, I don't see 
how it ends well when you're about to step up big time competition-wise in the Big 12. Um, it, they haven't played really any top 100 teams the last two years. I think it's they're 5-11 and 11 or something like that. You're going to play 16 games against a top 100 team in your first 16 games in the league. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be different. It, there are programs that are not ready for the Big 12 at U of H, and this is right at the top of the list. And that's another reason I wanted Ryan on here, because we're going to talk about the programs we think he thinks are not ready for the Big 12. But Willie Gibson, you're in Ohio. You're one of the top programs. You're, you're an alum of one of the top programs in college athletics at, from the Ohio State. You hear Ryan, what Ryan said. What are your thoughts on what he said? You eat athletics in general? Does that give you another reason to shake your head about you with athletics? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Um, it's enlightening. There was four tournaments in a row. And I, my, my initial thought, honestly, was in 2020, and this is the only thing I can think of, how were they in 2020 before the season? Bad. Ended? Okay, well, six then, and nine. Well, forget what I was thinking because I'm thinking like, okay, oh, yeah, maybe you were you were right. I was a student. No, no, the, the, they were the, bad. The, the fact of the matter is, uh, Ryan, that you mentioned the last time that the Houston baseball team made the NCAA tournament, I was still in high school. I just graduated high school, so just put just put that out there. Yeah, um, the only thing I can think of, well, that was thinking, well, maybe the thought process was, well. In 2020, they were close. Had the season gone on, they would have made the tournament and what have you. But the, but my overriding thought is, it's a non-revenue sport. The I hate to say it like this, but I'll just say it. The, the care of the administration is not there. Um, yes, while others others may have had, may have had interest in the job, I don't know that the and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Is the What's the thought process? Is it high on the list of priorities for no. a U of H? Yeah, see, that kind no. of tells me that right there for them to bring him back. As you said, Ryan, no one goes into a lame duck season on a contract. Right. You don't go into the last year of a deal. You either get an extension or it's announced you won't be coming back or right. it's something. So for the you fact that they let him go to last year of his deal was telling. And then to bring him back on a three-year deal, that tells me right there, there's not a lot of concern. There's not a lot of, of interest internally in that program. And, and let me say, Andy, before you jump in, there are parallels with baseball, UH baseball, and UH women's basketball. T- took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly okay. what I was going to say. Coach Huey, similar situation contract-wise. Hell, well, they, no, they brought him back. They gave him an extension to his contract. He hasn't been to the tournament yet in his time as head coach at UH. Athletics doesn't care about women's hoops. Ryan, Ryan and Andy, I'm going to ask you, which sports, which UH sports do you believe the administration cares about? Football. Football and men's basketball. And men, men's basketball has been, uh, obviously, it's been the premier program at the university the last couple of, really the last few years, going back to, ironically, 2018, 2019, that era when it really began to take off. But going back to the baseball 
uh, standpoint and Chris, the, the comparison that you put with women's basketball it was a quote. I believe it was on the Houston Chronicle, and I, I believe it's Chris Pesman that said it that he felt that the the program is closer to being good than it is being bad. Yeah, that was the quote. Well, he the, said uh, really uh, good and really bad. Correct. Which, so there's 305 teams that play baseball. Talking 10 percent, so top 30 teams, bottom 30 teams. Well, what does that even say? You're closer. I mean, I hope you're closer to the top 10 percent than the bottom 10 percent. But it's not like overwhelmingly closer. Your RPI is outside the top 100. You won every weekend in the conference and didn't sniff an NCAA tournament bid. Nowhere close. Ryan, do you remember what UH baseball's non-conference schedule ranked? Where it ranked? Drink the schedule. Two. 250 out of 305. That's embarrassing. Okay. It really is. And for most of this season, baseball season, during these shows of folks talking sports, I said, and I think Andy as well, I think James Mueller, when he was a guest a couple times, we thought this was the last year for Todd Whitty. Yeah. We, we did. A lot of, I think a lot of alums thought this was it for Todd Whitty. I think even Todd's, supporters, the guy, people that have a relationship with him, I think they thought the same thing. I think it was a pretty big surprise to all of us. Now, obviously, some people knew before it happened that he was coming back. Um, but I think it was surprising to almost everyone. Similar to Ron Huey. <laughs> Ron Huey. Coach yeah. Huey. Believe and I like me. Coach Huey. I like him a lot. I don't – I used to be very close to women's basketball at U of H. I'm not – now um but i i can't say anything about is he the guy or is he not um they had a rough year this year in really close games if i'm correct right um one point games two point games overtime games but at some point you got to win them right and it's not getting any easier this coming year and President Couture said it years ago, and apparently she she intended it to just apply to football. I guess even that's not even true because she said we fire coaches who who go eight and four. Well, I guess not. If you're Dana Hogerson and your buddies with Tillman Fertitta, but women's basketball. Let's go down. You guys give me the, the successful programs at UH. Track and field. Yeah. Successful or ready for the Big 12? First successful. Okay. And then we'll track and field. Okay. Track golf. Men's and women's golf. Um, they both made a regional. Swimming but I don't, diving? I can't. I, I don't know what you would call successful there. Championships. Let's say conference championships and A's, conference championship, AAC. Who won in, in the conference? Swimming and diving did, right? They won like they won a roll. They've been, they've had a dynasty in the American yeah. Athletic yeah. Conference. Uh let's see. What else? Volleyball? They're ready. Yep. Uh what else, Andy? Give me other sports. What else? Who am I missing? Softball. Softball's not ready. No, no, hell no. The tennis. No. I like the tennis coach. I don't know that the schedules they've been playing have them ready for the Big Twelve. But so men's basketball, yes. Yes. So out of the U of H sports, soccer, thank you. How about them, soccer? No. 
No. Mm-hmm. They struggle. <laughs> okay. And see, we're getting it. Here's this a comment from an alum. But for everybody, Will, from listening to us, which sports, which UH sports do you believe are ready for the Big 12? It's a really short, short ass list. <laughs> I mean, that's really only one. Well, two. Yeah, two. Men's basketball. Two. Men's basketball and volleyball. Well, yeah, volleyball. Okay. Track. I'm not as familiar with volleyball, but yeah. Track could be competitive which, in the Big do you, 12. And I'm not. Track will be. Track, I think will be. But do you, Andy, do you really believe volleyball is ready for the Big 12? To compete for championships, no. But to be on the higher end of the Big Twelve, I I think they I think they can, especially what seeing from they were in twenty nineteen and the rise that that they've had under head coach David Rare, he's the right person for the job, and you you've seen that ascension with the program. Okay, John Cardenas says track and field swimming as well. But Ryan, you see this post right here. Do you agree with it? Winning is optional at UH for the administration. It has not been the priority that most fans would want. Um, I think there is a... Nobody gets fired anymore at U of H. The last head coach that was fired was Katie Platt, the volleyball coach before David Rare. Mm -hmm. And she was fired for NCAA rule violations. You have to go back to a previous AD to find the last coach. I guess Major Applewhite was fired. So that's, that was wrong. So two coaches that have been fired. Uh, but it's a short list. And I just, it's hard for me to see how the program is Big 12 ready. Now, it takes a while. You, you can't replicate it in the American. You can't just switch, you know, hit a switch and be ready. So it's okay to struggle for a year, maybe two. This first year, schedule-wise in football, is so set up with the home games, the not leaving the state, but twice. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't see it. I think if you struggle at quarterback and you struggle on the offensive line, it's going to be a hard, hard year. Andy, I think you 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 got a chance to vote for the Big Twelve. I don't know, Ryan. Do you get a chance to vote for the yeah. Big Twelve awards? Where do you put UH in your poll? Thirteenth, uh, uh, I think. Me too, Andy. Where do you put UH in your poll? Uh, I absented. I did not vote, but they would definitely be towards the bottom if I had voted. So this is this is where UH athletics is. And based on I guess the commitments that they're getting the last few days in football, it seems like things are it's turning. Possibly, it's churning. It's getting better. We all are getting, you know, heck, this surprised me, and I'm not sure when I'm gonna say all that. I forgot his name, but the young man from Shadow Creek, who initially will committed to LSU football. I saw that. Changed his mind and now committed to UH football. That's that says something. I'm not sure what it what it's saying. It says something because LSU the jello shot 
capital of, capital of college sports, they got money, and they're not afraid to spend it on damn near anything. Maurice Williams, thank you, Mr. Tran. So for him to change his mind <laughs> from LSU to stay in Houston, that's – I mean, hell, that sounds – that seems pretty impressive to me. What do you, what do you think, Will and Andy mm. Ryan? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to let Ryan go first because I, I don't know about that comment by Norbert. Houston can't compete with LSU when it comes to I, I, that. I, I agree. No, that's term. what I think. Yeah. But Ryan, Long what do you term, think? like if you go down a list of commitments, no. But this guy's a Houston guy, Pearland. Um, his mother wanted him close. Uh, he was a commit to LSU for a year. He came in last weekend to Houston for a visit and didn't tell the coaches at LSU. And that's how the relationship mm. unraveled. That makes sense. And which is fine from his point of view, because I think he was starting to turn, starting to, to tilt towards Houston, and it kind of just pushed him. So if you're talking like line guys up, LSU, U of H, no, you're not, gonna, you're not in that conversation. Uh, but U of H football is doing a good job with these recruiting weekends of getting commitments as they go into the big 12. It's almost like maybe not orchestrated, but it was a plan to have these stair step up all week. They're building momentum right into July 1st. Um, it looks like they know what they're doing. And that's a great thing because there's been so many times where you just flounder all through the summer and through the fall. But this looks like an honest-to-God strategy, and they're making it work. And I'm going to ask you strategy about your article in media, but I remember this, and I forgot to bring it up earlier. Regarding U.S. women's basketball, Coach Huey, Will and everybody chiming in watching us on Twitter, and I'm doing a poor job of it here. But watching us on Folks Talk Sports on Twitter as well as Houston Rama Review on YouTube. Will. Yes. If I say to you, Coach Huey got a commitment from a young lady who played at Texas Southern. Then she went to Oregon State and came back to Houston. What does that say to you? She Texas Southern, Will. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's swack. But Coach Huey got her. Her name is Shalexis Aaron. 6'1 guard. Huey's getting players from, who played at TSU, Will. Yeah, that tells me <laughs> um, he's not ready for the Big 12, clearly. Now let me back up. And add this, she's initially from West Coast. She started at USC. Red shirt, injured in high school, red shirt, red shirt in high school, red shirt at a year at USC. Didn't put up big numbers at USC. Transfer at TSU. TSU, she averaged 12 points a game at TSU. Last year at Oregon State, she shot 40%. Averaged... She didn't even average points. They didn't even put that in a press release. They averaged 
her rebound, listed her rebounds and her assists. So they didn't tell you what she did point-wise for Oregon State. She's a starter, kind of sort of. Oregon State wasn't very good last year, surprisingly. But she put up her points at TSU. 12 points a game in the SWAC. So based on that, and I was thinking this earlier, so is she like a grad transfer at this point? Yes, she's got to be. I'm thinking that. No one's confirmed it for me yet over there from UH because she's got to be a grad transfer because USC, TSU, Oregon State, and then has a year still to play. Plus the COVID eligibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the COVID year. But something Ryan said about the young man that changed his commitment, and it made sense to me. Was committed to LSU for a year, didn't tell the coaches that he was visiting another school. So now that leads me to believe, or leads me to wonder, did he truly change his mind, or did LSU find out he took a visit and withdrew the offer? I don't know. I just wanted to put that. I don't know. Yeah. That's a fair point because LSU is big time basketball, big time, big, big time athletics. So they would do that. Oh, you went. Made a visit and didn't tell us. We found. Oh no, yeah. You want to go elsewhere? Go elsewhere. We'll, we'll replace you tomorrow. <laughs> that's not gonna be a problem for us. Bye. Good luck to you. So that's possible. And you think that's possible? Uh, it's possible. I'm not sure about this situation, considering from where he's from, Shadow Creek. I that, his parents grew up in the Third Ward, so that's there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's ties there. I don't necessarily think that was the case in this aspect, but I, I do agree with Ryan where. It does seem like it's been orchestrated, especially over this course of the last weekend, because there has been news. There's been different players that announced their commitment today, even that they're committing for to the University of Houston uh, for the upcoming 2024 season. And again, obviously, the big the big jump that they're about to make officially July 1st, which is this, this upcoming Saturday, which, by the way, they will do a toast at midnight, Chris, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> where that got put up there. But uh, Ryan, absolutely for her, especially from 20, 2019, it, was, it it is what it was when it comes to football. Dana Holgerson came in. It was a roster that was it, – it didn't have no rhyme, no reason, just in terms of what that change had happened. You could kind of say the same thing in 2020 because of COVID. And, I mean, geez, they didn't start their season until October that year. 2021, they go on that 12-2 and two run. And then the biggest thing in 2022 was – they had a disappointing season because of the expectations that they had established a season ago, bringing back their veteran quarterback and their top receiver. And they, not to sound like I'm a Dana Horson apologist, but when you backtrack, look at the season, they, they did have a lot of bad breaks and then they certainly had a lot of injuries. Now, granted when they were healthy, uh, specifically that Texas tech game, Fourth and 20. I've been saying that since that game happened. The fourth and 20. You get that stop, you win the game, and maybe it's a completely different season because at that point, they would have gone to Kansas and it would have been 2-0 and versus 2-0, and and who knows how that matchup goes. But it seems like they are heading in the right direction. I think what, what, it, what it looks like right now, you're trying to figure out if that's actually a light at the end of the tunnel or if it's just you know one of those, the, the insects that light up and they're, they're kind of misdirecting when it comes to the football team. It does seem like they have a plan in place, and we shall see if they're ever to take advantage of it and continue to build on it. And who knows? Maybe maybe this whole time, Holgerson has been an accurate madman that, like you said, he, he had his whole plan all along. 
they got a commitment today from Caleb Thomas, 6'3", 6'4", tight end from North Shore High School. North Shore High School is Local. a foot, football factory here in the Houston area, Will. It is that, – that program competes in state championships like every year. <laughs> okay. But one of the things – and, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on this. Is you and all, all three of you, I watched highlights of Caleb Thomas today. You know, everybody's got the highlight reel. North Shore offensive coach, coordinators, whatever. North Shore's probably got, you know, staff. (laughs) They're they're a big-time program. They lined him up, moved him all over the place on offense. They had him on the the line to block. They had him in the the backfield to block, run in the flat. They lined him up wide. This is a tight end, Will. Ryan, Andy. Dana doesn't do that much moving of his tight ends in his offense, does he? Uh, he does some pre-snap stuff, but it's mainly for blocking purposes, mm-hmm. not necessarily for uh, route running. Uh, but don't don't get hung up on a huddle highlight reel. Everybody can look good for eight plays. Oh sure, I, I'm, the highlight part is not the issue. I, okay, the way, he, the way he lined up in terms of. His offensive sets. That's that was like wow. He's he 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 does a lot of movement, different lineups, and that's what he he's going to get here at Houston. I don't know if he's <laughs> he's getting himself into. That's that was my well, thought I process. You, you, I mean, you also got to factor in uh, for the past two seasons. I mean, Christian Trahan was one of their their big uh, tight ends that they had, and he had been battling injury a good portion of last season. So um, different situations, two different type of players, a good coaching staff, you know goes with the player. So maybe they'll, um, again, it could be a whole different new uh, new talent, different schemes for tight ends. So I think that's a way to see. Get the talent here and then utilize. That's that's the biggest thing. I don't necessarily know about high school fit and what they do. We, you know, we'll see because there were too many games where Kristen Tran was, was a no-show. He disappeared. It was like he wasn't even on, in the offense. He was on the field, <laughs> but the ball never went his way. Uh, and and I, I was like, he used to be an offensive threat, and now he's like a decoy or, or, or even an afterthought. So that was a concern there. But was, go ahead, Ryan. What are you going to say, Andy? No, I was going to ask Ryan a question because I know that they were mentioning that he was dealing with something over the season. But yeah. was it injury or was it something re- unrelated to an injury, or like physical or maybe personal? I, uh, I think there was a personal thing. I think there was an injury. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you lost your, your best running back. And so – with the offensive line issues, they kept him in to block quite a bit. So I wouldn't read too much into the trade hand thing. Matt Burns played a good bit at tight end. He's going to be the guy there this year. Um, can we jump back, though, to the TSU talk? Yes. Because talking to guys over the last couple of weeks, they are really excited about a kid named Isaiah Hamilton who actually came from TSU. He transferred in from TSU. He's, um, I think he's a DB, and the guys that I've talked to are really excited about how he has looked. No clue how that transfers into the fall, but they're very happy with him. Golf, their best player, transferred in from Arkansas Tech. You may not even know that school exists. I did but not. it does, <laughs> and they actually have really good D2 golf. Um, and if y'all do a D2 golf podcast, bring me back. I am ready. But uh, – <laughs> But Santiago De La Fuente came from Arkansas Tech, and 
had just a, an amazing run this year. Third team All-American, I believe. So talent can happen anywhere. Talent can be developed, and it can the light can turn on anywhere. And sometimes it, it happens here. You know, Nathaniel Dell was not recruited thinking he was going to go make the impact that he had or, you know, get into the NFL and, and have an opportunity there. It just sometimes the light comes on. Agreed. But my – my response to that is just an indication that I don't have a lot of faith and confidence in Coach Huey to develop talent. Well, there could be that too. So, but, you know, I'm consistent on that. Prove me wrong, please. But a question from an orbiter: your thoughts on this. Were all of TCU's non-profitable, non-profit athletic programs competitive when they made the move to the Big 12? No. Baseball was, I believe, it was right before they really took off. Um, basketball never really did anything, and I can't speak to other sports. They had a pretty good run with women's basketball, but it may have ended by then. Um, yeah, I think it did, yeah. But, but TCU, Jeff Mitty was their coach. Uh, TCU struggled right at the beginning. I mean, they were winning 11 games a year in the Mountain West and Conference mm-hmm. USA, and – they got to the Big 12, and it's just a different game. But they, they, they took it on the right way, and they got good fast. And so that would be a great model for U of H to go after what TCU did. We'll see. And you wrote an article earlier a few days ago talking about um, the difference in media Acceptance, sir. I wouldn't go that far. But, that ex- yeah. Help me out here. You phrase it as a way that the coaches are finally talking to the media, being more media. So coaches receptive. are starting to. It's, it looks like a multi-pronged attack here. So communications, the 80s office, everybody is, is pushing uh, on a couple different fronts. Number one. They're reaching out to friendly media and doing interviews. Uh, Dana went on a podcast, Scott and Holman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Todd Whitting is going on that same podcast soon. Uh, Pesman is going to sit this week for interviews with the Daily Cougar, with the Chronicle, with other people. Um, and, and so they're really starting to – it was told to me that they believe Kelvin Sampson is the gold standard. And that's true. Kelvin is the most media-friendly coach I've ever seen in my entire life. And as his team moved up the rung, he became more available, not less. Mm -hmm. A lot of coaches, when they start seeing more success, they'll pull back. Kelvin went the other way. And that is helping this program. Maybe everybody is figuring it out. They were slow to figure out that basketball can be a tentpole. And maybe they're going to figure this out as well. So uh, I've been dealing with this for my first time on Press Row. Chris, you were sitting there. Much, much younger, Chris. But you were sitting there. Did you have hair? No. No, No. it's not that long ago. Um, But – you know, it was Albert Brooks. His last year was 1998. That was my first year around. And 
those guys were not near as media friendly, but they're certainly more than what we've seen the last few five years since mm -hmm. Tom Herman left. And what I can say is that it looks like they're moving in the right direction. Now, once you start playing games, is it the same? I don't know. But they did a media day this week for uh, 25 guys, 25 players came in. We sat in a big room and everybody talked. And you just go and talk to whoever you wanted. Like normally back in the day, you would do in a locker room. Mm -hmm. They'd open the doors up and you just go talk to whoever you want. That doesn't happen now. It's never coming back. And that's fine. But this was a good opportunity for me to learn a lot about a bunch of different guys, see some personality, and really get them in situations that we've seen basketball players in at U of H, where they show their personality and their humor. And, and I think that's the way to get people more excited, is to start seeing the personal side with players, with coaches, rather than just the buttoned up, no answer answers that you get most of the time. Yep. And to that, I'm not sure if you're referencing this, you said earlier, but this Thursday, the 29th, in addition to Pesman, that some coaches will be available. They're having Will from 11 to 1, basically like a media athletics availability. Yeah. And they're going to serve lunch. So I'm going to be there for that. So it's an example of them talking to the media and doing more, giving more opportunities for the media, for the coaches to speak to the media and not just to chronicle the non-traditional outlets like gocoogs.com, Possum and Jamma, Houston Round Bar Review. It's about time. It's good to see, but Will, I'm going to be kind of picky. Mm -hmm. I'm, glad it, I'm glad it's happening. I wonder if this is coming from a higher place, and that is Brett Dromark and the Big 12. Because he said for a while he want, would like to have more media access to the players and get to know them better and, and tell their stories. How about that, Will? It's possible. It's possible, absolutely. I mean, like I said, you guys are on the ground in, in Houston, so I, I, I lean to you on that, on that front. But absolutely, it definitely sounds as though, based on the fact that the Big 12 is coming – what Saturday, six yep. days from now, so that could be the, uh, a direct correlation. Absolutely. Well, I st still get those emails when I saw that they were going to have multiple players and not three or four select student athletes for the football team. I couldn't believe it because since 2019 that I had been around covering the program, they had never done that, never, and it was even before COVID. So that again, absolutely, that's definitely a change in the in the right direction. Even the event that they had last uh, Thursday was. They had it at Santa Fe, and they had Kelvin, um, all the different coaches. They're talking. Basically, it was an event for, I believe it was for, was it for a Cougar Pride event that they were trying to yeah. Yeah. build support for the upcoming move to the Big 12. And that's something that, whether it is because they are making that jump to the Big 12, and they're trying just to rally support and, and most importantly, you know, rally, rally support from a financial standpoint as they go into the move. Uh, but specifically, even even again, like uh, Ryan mentioned, for football availability the last couple of seasons and not counting COVID because everything was through Zoom then. But uh, just look at it this season. We've talked about it multiple times throughout on this show, Chris, where Monday was 15 minutes of Dana Hogerson. 
if he got there, depending on how long the session is, 10 to 15 minutes of Dana Holgerson. Once they got to 11-16, you know, he was done by that point. Tuesdays, it would be Doug Boak and then three, at most, four student-athletes on a Zoom call. And for the most part, that was it. And the radio show that they did on Thursday. That's all the availability they had. Now, for program that's going to be going into the Big 12, whether it is because of what the direction that that conference is doing, specifically with Brett Yarmark, who seems to be uh, really his emphasis is on getting a lot of exposure to the programs in the conference. Maybe that could be a reason, or maybe Houston itself is just trying to, because like you said, finally being able to get as much exposure in various different outlets, different far away from the traditional media outlet and really getting to see different sides of the program. I do want to go back to Ryan, who has the comment right there. This is Andy's number one fan. The number one fan of Ryan is Dana Holgerson because he really Dana is. Holgerson, <laughs> he knows Ryan by name and he, he, he knows that he's going to go ask about the kickers. You should, you should see Dana Holgerson and Ryan's relationship. <laughs> we're, oh, we're close. Tell. Yeah. Uh, you know, we go to each other's Christmas parties, things like that. Uh, yeah, no. Um, but I think they're coming around. And I don't know if it's a Big 12 strategy. That's an interesting point. But for the moment, I'm going to give U of H the benefit of the doubt and say this is a U of H strategy, and they're trying to act like a big boy. They realize they're going into a, a big boy league, and everybody else is going to come in and have an, a level of expectation. Uh, and so they've got to act that way. And we'll see. Uh, you know, this is the, the first steps. So we have to see how it develops, how it goes. But I'm encouraged. Fair enough. And I, you know, I'm glad to see it. I'm not, you know, you know trying to downplay it. I'm, I'm glad to yeah. see it. it it's took a long time. It's about damn time. But, hey, they're doing it. So that's good to see. Last few minutes. Go ahead, Will. Just from the Ohio State perspective, how it's been there is pretty much how it's here. Uh, it's very limited. Um, Monday, you get no Monday's an off day for the players, so you don't get anyone. Uh, Tuesday, you have Ryan Day for his weekly press conference. You have an assistant coach. Um, you may have a player. Wednesday, you may get some players. Thursday's the Ryan Day radio show. And you don't see anyone till post game Saturday. And Saturday it's the 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 presser post game. You bring up the quarterback, the selected players, and then everyone else is in the recruiting room. That's the kind of the round robin that you would get post game. But that that for football, that's pretty much it. That's 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 that is it. So, for, so for football, UH, that doesn't. We didn't have that. There was no round robin after post after football games to talk to players. Was there? Has there been that opportunity? I haven't seen it since early Art Browse. I think um, we would go into the locker room uh, during uh, Helton and Demo, and had access to everybody. Uh, I think it changed as the media profile diversified more women so the locker room kind of became a 
in a football locker room, you're trying to get dressed, showered, get on a bus, fly somewhere, right? And it, it may not be diversification. It might be some other reason. But and coaches just are generally less interested in having you around their players now. Yeah. And, and Kelvin is different. And give you access to anybody you want almost every single day. And so I don't know if it's programs see other programs doing something and they think that's what we should do. That's what Alabama is doing or LSU or Ohio State. And so maybe that's it. I know at Texas there's a little bit more. At A&M there's a little bit more. And so we'll see where U of H falls for this upcoming year. Last few minutes with you, Ryan. I want to get your thoughts on the Andy touched on it earlier in the show about what is it? A champagne toast or or something at midnight? At midnight, they're gonna and they're gonna live stream it. I'm guessing they're gonna live streaming on the uh, the UH Content Solutions account, which, by the way, is it's. I hope it's longer than four minutes that they have for 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 the live stream. Uh, but yeah, they they announced that, or I guess it's it was reported by Joseph Dorte of the Houston Chronicle. I don't think the university has officially right. officially announced. But Ryan, when you saw that Duarte tweet, what were your thoughts on it? I'm not staying up till midnight. <laughs> so See, um, now that, that's the reason why UH never does anything like that. But I mean, well, I'm, I'm really old, Andy. I wasn't in high school the last time UH made a baseball regional. Yeah, I'm really old, and I don't stay up till midnight for New Year's. And then, now this is this is maybe a once in a lifetime. Maybe I'm there. Uh, if Dana calls and says, Ryan, come drink champagne with me, uh, <laughs> okay. But I don't guess that's going to happen. But Dana, you know my number. You've got it. <laughs> and, and on that great note. Most definitely has you on Twitter. He has someone. He has someone looking. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, they're looking. Ryan Monster, thank you. Goku's.com. I'm you glad you're able to uh, join us today. And I'll invite you again. You know, because your insight is is appreciated here on the show. So thank, thank you very you. much, Ryan. And, and oh, how can folks find you and all that great stuff? GoCooks.com and GoCooks1 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Maybe other things. I don't remember. But those places for sure. H-O-U-N-I-L. He's the reason. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. He's the reason Alta McCaskill left because, you know, his NIL wasn't good enough. <laughs> oh, we offered him $40, and he thought he could get it better at Colorado. <laughs> All so. right, Ryan. Take, take care, my friend. We'll, Thank we'll see you this week, my man. Take care. All right. Later. Thank you, Ryan. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Wow. Hope you enjoyed that very much. Uh, let me see. Oh, Here we go. For Ryan. Oh. He's still back today. I don't know if he wants to hop back in and answer. Oh, yeah. You, you want to answer this, Ryan, real quick? What is the this? comment? Are you and Galen going to do post-game show after basketball games again this season? Uh, so here's the thing. If Galen is playing somewhere, it's hard. Yeah. Galen has a desire to play, and he has the ability, and he should. And if, if we're able to do it 100%, because that guy – knows more basketball and more Kelvin Sampson basketball than 
anybody. And I'll bring him to practice sometimes, or he'll bring me to practice. And when I can corral him, when I can get him to sit down and just <laughs> chain him to a chair, he'll just tell me, he'll show me things, he'll point out things that no one has ever pointed out to me. Just, he's brilliant. Um, he's a little hard to contain. But if we can get it done, we'll 100% do it because it was, it was such a learning experience for me. And I think it was for other people. Okay. Now. There now I can go. leave. Now you can leave. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. I just know that if you're on the road, you're going to be, I guess you don't have to go to Dickie's Arena anymore, but you're going to be trying to find a, a I don't spot have that has Dickie's good Arena. No. Uh, we'll figure it out. Get a hard <laughs> line or something. <laughs> take, take care, Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That was great. Willie Gibson. Yes, sir. Or for folks, Joe, D-Skills, Tony M. If you can't see it, I am wearing a Detroit Pistons jersey. It's a Grand Hill jersey. It's a classic. Not that ugly teal that the Stones are going to bring back again this season a few times. No idea why. No idea why. Oh, my gosh. Ugly. The little flame come out the tailpipe. It's hideous. With the horse? It's firing. The pistons are firing. Hideous. That that, that teal stuff is just hideous. It's hideous. But (laughs) Marcus Sasser, Houston Cougar Marcus Sasser is now a Detroit Piston. Selected 25th in Thursday's draft. And they even cut another guard, R.J. Hampton. There's no surprise there. R.J. Hampton was, you know, gave him a chance to hop on another team. Free agency starts officially. Friday, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, right, I think. But it's great to see Marcus got picked first round. I mentioned to uh, on previous shows that Marcus Sass would be Detroit Piston. I said it. I said it would be late first round, second round. I said about 31st pick, Will, because I asked you who, who the person was. I said, but what I said was it would be announced. The Detroit Pistons are selecting Marcus Saster, correct? Because, Will, you told me Mark Tatum was the second-round person. Yes. But I put it out there that Marcus Sasser would be a Detroit Piston, and he is now a Detroit Piston. Salute to Jarris Walker. The first round. Is an Indiana Pacer. Two Cougs drafted in the first round for the first, first time since 1984. <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Young. Michael Young went to the Celtics way back when, long, long time ago. So it's a great I got I got text message from alums. Man, how about the job that Coach Sam has done? How far the program's come? Got two guys drafted in the first round. Yep. <laughs> it is it's amazing in the program. And Marcus said it. And Joe's comment too. Yep. And this let me who was it? I think it was Nolan Smith. Oh yeah. Was Nolan ref, referring to Houston, what is did sound a little shadish? Yeah, because he was like the draft NBA draft night is for the players. You know, I would not be there at the draft unless my player invited me to be there. So it's about the players, not the program. Nolan, do you really think Kelvin Sampson would would have been there in Brooklyn at Barclays Center if Jess Walker would not invite him to be there? 
Seriously, do you really believe that? He just show up randomly. He gave him a hug when he got his name called. And then he went back when Marcus Sasser got called to join Qantas One and, and Kelvin Sam. You know, Nolan, don't hate. Because where is he now? Where is Nolan now? Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, Nolan, hey, man. Do what you got to do to build him back up. It's not Houston's problem if you ain't got nobody in the first round. And two picks in the first round. That's not, that's not Houston's fault. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and, and that's being objective. What do you say that, you know, because Marcus wasn't there. I'm not sure where Marcus was. He did his media session. He was somewhere in Houston. because <laughs> Yeah, so he, but Jairus, in his one year with the program, invited Coach Sampson to be there. And I know, you know how I know? Because Coach Sampson told me <laughs> that he, because Jairus invited me, Chris, we're going to be with Jairus. I said, Coach, I understand, because I invited him to be on the show on the lunch break. And he said, I can't make it, Chris. So, come on, you know, what y'all going to hate on folks? But anyway, <clears throat> Bryce Sensabaugh. Yep. Mr. Gibson, where did he end up? Utah, at 26, I believe. What are your thoughts on that? Um, happy for the young man. I mean, phenomenal family. Um, did a great job here his, his one year at Ohio State, but it was pretty much a, a known fact that when he came here as a one-and-done situation and everyone was okay with that coach Holden was okay with that um you know the administration was okay with that and and he accomplished the goal and kudos to him congratulations to him and his family um first round pick so i think it's a good fit in utah i do i do i do um i think what uh utah is doing will was it will hardy yeah mm -hmm. the head coach yeah will hardy and, and his staff um i think he does uh Look at a, a for the role. I think initially just off the top, uh, backing up Lori Marketing um, in Houston, the All Star at his position. So I think that's someone that he could, you know, look to to learn from. I do know that Utah has put former Cav Colin Sexton on the trade block. So perhaps that's to open up some shots and opportunities for for Bryce. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I do. I do think it's a fit. And I think. Marcus Sasser is a good fit in Detroit because he played defense <clears throat> and he can make Chris, shots. What do, you, Go ahead. do you think he, he could uh, play himself up to be a, a key rotational player? Or what, what do you envision his first year being with the Pistons? Uh, no. <laughs> as long as Alec Burks is there as a veteran, no. Killian Haynes is still there for the time being. I do envision at some point if Killian Hayes could just learn to take good shots instead of thinking he's James Harden taking these step-back threes, which he's not, he just airballs them or bricks them. Young man, that is not your shot. Stop taking shots that you cannot make. Focus on your defense because he's a very good defender. I could imagine him, I could envision him and Marcus Sasser being a tandem off the bench to just give opponents to business defensively, pressuring them full court, just getting after and disrupting opponents' offense. I can see that happening. But if Marcus beats out Killian, I could, you know, hey, eventually that could happen. But Marcus will get on the court because of his defense. He might stay there because he can make three-point shots. <laughs> so we'll see. But the core rotation is five guards. Cade Cunningham, of course, Cade Cunningham got to be healthy and stay healthy. Then Ivy, the vet, Alec Burks, bucket getter. Keen Hayes, 
Very rare the teams play five guards. So Marcus Sasser you think would be he that spent a lot of guard. time in the G League. Probably. Yep. Probably so. But hey, I would put him past Marcus to just light it up and earn minutes with Detroit. It's just gonna take some time. But it's a good fit for him. And I think I've said it before, I think he's gonna have a long career in the NBA. And what about uh, look, Walker with Indiana? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Jairus, good spot with, with the Pacers. Defense, same thing. You know, <laughs> these two guys will get minutes because of their defense. Jairus is a good passer. Jairus Walker, Miles Turner, that, that could be eventually a, a very formidable front court duo. You know, disrupting, blocking shots, being a pain in the butt for opponents to score down low. Jerson those long arms. So it, it's good to see them both are in the central division. So Jerson and Marcus, their teams will play each other like I think four times a year. So it's good for both of them. And I wish them both the best of luck in their NBA careers. The grind is taking another step. Don't be satisfied that you made it to the NBA. The next step of your hoops career begins and the time to get after it. But this thought, gentlemen, from Stephen Fernandez, I know he's being funny, but Cam Whitmore, just want to talk about Cam Whitmore. I did not. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's just on Twitter or if it's on other social media or whatever, but followers and family of the Let's Talk Houston Rockets said Saturday, last night, June 24th, they were referring to some Cam Whitmore and vape issues. I don't know if there are pictures of him vaping. There was some, I don't know, Twitter report, tweet that Cam stopped a, a workout, an NBA pre-draft workout, and went out to vape. You know, I, I, I mean, hey, I didn't see it. Not confirmed. That's you know, it's not confirmed. I'm not going to talk about stuff like that, you know. But my issue is. Be ashamed if it's true. That's where I'm going. He fell to 20 because he was top four, top five. And then Monday, Tuesday, they, he started dropping down in the draft, dropping down. And I didn't know why. And then it comes out that was concerns. I don't know about this vaping part. But there's reports of he has potential cartilage issue in his knee that could be a problem later on in his career. But the Rockets doctors, I mean, they're very meticulous about the medicals. Will, Andy, you know, all the guys, the NBA guys, the draftable guys went to Chicago, went through all the medical you know, being poked and prodded. No red flags in regarding Cam Whitmore. So what the hell? <laughs> you know. Deeskill's comment. <laughs> well, you know, that could be a came issue to the right there. city. He's right about that. That's hookah laundries, too many hookah laundries that count. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. But, <laughs> but hopefully that's issue, not true. Hopefully yeah, that's not true. Carter's issue because like Lonzo Ball. Might miss the entire upcoming season again. Knee issue. 
We don't know how serious Cam's knee issue is. Cam said his body's fine. He said that after the draft on Thursday. He and Ahmed Thompson will talk to the media Monday afternoon, June 26th, along with Coach Udoka and Rafael Stone. And I'm sure it'll be asked, you know, Cam, what are your thoughts on the medical reports or concerns about you? So I'm kind of curious how he's going to answer. But my thing is, the last couple of days since the draft, were folks folks saying he didn't always play hard. He kind of he did not shine on the court. He didn't stand out on the court enough. Will you first? I don't want to see him or any young man, young woman, young athlete waste talent, waste your natural ability. This this is the pros. This this is a job. At some point, you either get it or you don't. John Lucas is going to be in Cam's ass to bring out his natural abilities. It's up to Cam to produce. If he doesn't, well, you and I are both older than Andy. We could probably tell some stories about guys we've seen flame out real quick. Real quick. Because they didn't want to work hard and they just coasted on their natural abilities and didn't want to get anything else. Your, your thoughts. I, I hate to see it. Um, and I hate to hear it. Number one. Um, it's always interesting to hear these things after the fact, as you said, Chicago medical testing, nothing. The, as you said, the Rockets doctors are very, very meticulous as far as their examinations, nothing. But then you start hearing things. And the first thought is somebody wants that young man to fall. Because they may not have a top 10 pick, but they have a pick 13, 14, 15, 16, maybe 17. And I'm, I'm not saying it was those teams, but it's always interesting that you hear those things, that that young man falls and all of a sudden, okay, I didn't want to take him at four, but I'll take him at 18. Well, if he's good, he's good. If he can produce, he can produce. And – they hear the things after the draft as far as him and the alleged those alleged situations. It's just it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, you know, okay, the, it, he didn't play hard. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. It's got to be something. It's got to be something because he yeah, there, was, there was legitimate conversations about the Rockets taking him at number four leading up to the draft. Yeah, Rafael said they were thinking about trading up to get him because they thought he'd be, yeah. you know, up there at six or seven. I mean, I heard some things about he didn't interview well. I heard that too, like, and I'm like, yeah, really? so that's what I'm saying. I, I was really? trying to no stay away yeah. from the thing because I heard some additional things as well. And it's like, man, just let the young man come in and produce. Like you said, if he's – I mean, put on the tape. Put on the tape. You know, now, if there's some out there, there's some legitimate off court issues, then by all means, absolutely. But if this is just a scenario where people are just throwing stuff out there to to to, to, to uh, besmirch the young man's character, uh, I have a problem. Yeah, Andy, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say for him to fall again, projected leading up to the draft, definitely it seemed like he was going to be a consensus consensus top ten pick. You know, for all intents and purposes, leading up to the draft. And then when he fell out of the top 10, I was like, well, okay, maybe he'll be a late lottery pick. Still there at 15, 16, 17. 
And when he fell all the way to 20 again, it was just shocking. Shocking is the biggest thing, but it certainly seemed like out of all the teams leading up to the draft, the Rockets certainly had an eye on him, and they certainly liked him as a prospect leading in. So hopefully whatever whatever that concern is, whether it's because of physical ability, whether it is, like Chris, you mentioned, the potential cartilage issues or if it's off-the-court stuff, hopefully it's not something that, that really hinders him from having – from reaching a ceiling, whatever that is, because he does have a lot of potential, especially when it comes to, again, getting into a draft, what he was able to do at Villanova. It only seems like, from a talent perspective, he could have very easily been a top 10 pick. You know, and I'm putting it up on the screen to folks who are watching, who are listening later on on audio platforms. Jamon, comment, uh, Hollinger, John Hollinger, I believe that's Hollinger's first name, John, with the Athletic, said that one insider said Cam was, quote, comatose during an interview. No, no. can I say something to that? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead Chris. No, no, you, you go ahead, Will, because I got some response to that too. Go ahead. Yeah, because from what I understand, I, I've also heard he's a very reserved, yes. for lack of a better term, shy young mm-hmm. man. And, okay, one man's comatose is one man's introvert. Right. So, yeah, that, that stuff, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, he might, he might have anxiety issues when it comes to interviews. Yes. You know, he's 18 years old. He, he seemed fine talking to uh, KPRC Channel 2's Ari Alexander when he was working out at the uh, Fertitta Center over the weekend, last weekend. He didn't seem to have any problems talking to him on camera. Could be different people, you know, don't know how to connect with him, don't know how to relate to him. He doesn't know how to make him feel comfortable. But some teams make excuses to not pick players. Okay, they make up their minds and then that's it. They're done. They move on. So interviews, Andy, Will, I'm going to say this. How you interview, what does it have to do with how you play? (laughs) Okay, because if you are an introvert, if you don't like to talk, if you don't, if you stutter, if you have any other, you know, any of of those issues, my organization will help you overcome those issues, overcome those struggles. If you don't want to do that, help that young man, then don't pick him. So apparently 10 10 teams, 10 whatever it was who were left, teams had multiple picks, opted not to pick him. Rockets got him. So if that is an issue, that's fixable. Now, if he has an other issue, puff, 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 we can help him overcome that too. But it's up to him to leave that stuff alone because that will impact your career and cut it short with the quickness. If you don't think so, mess around to find out. And I was going to say another word, but mess around to find out. There you go. Okay. So I, I, hey, I wish him the best. We'll see how it all plays out. This Rockets could be a great spot for him because of Luke. Because Luke's been there, the highs and the lows. Tell, tell, he'll tell Cam, hey, man, I was no, no more picking the draft. I was the king of the mountain, and I messed it up because I couldn't leave stuff alone. So now I'm helping other people overcome their struggles, their addictions, whatever that addiction may be. So if you have a problem, I can help you with that too. So if that's what it is, Luke can help him with that. It's a great city for it. Help him overcome that. I want the best for him. 
I hope he does. I want. I hope Cam wants best for himself too. Summer league and last thing, let me put it up. If I can put it up, this is the Rocket summer league schedule. But I know you guys are just marking your calendars. Y'all are excited. Y'all are just uh, it's a shame thrilled they didn't to play in San Antonio. That summer league is announced. Well, I know you just gonna watch every game. Oh, you already know that, that the Cavs are playing. <laughs> I'm putting this up for, for Rocket fans, those diehard fans who who want to watch. But, fellas. Ooh, that's Sunday, July 9th. Chris, are, you, are we going to have FTS that day? Yeah. Hell yeah. 5, 6 p.m. <laughs> Detroit versus Houston. Yeah. Came because by, by the time we do our show at 6 p.m., the part I care about will be over. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah, we're going to have a show. It's Summer League. That's all it is. I don't care. I won't care if I'm in shines in July. Don't care. If he struggles in July, won't bother me any. Won't care if Marcus struggles in July. Won't care if Austin struggles in July. I won't freak out if Victor struggles the one game he plays. And other folks say, see, I told you he couldn't play. Oh, they were saying it yesterday when he was shooting jumpers in his last time. He can't hit a jumper. You know, folks, haters going to hate. You're just going to find something wrong. But last thing, I touched on it before we started the show. I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. (laughs) Are either one of you or both of you ready to proclaim the Denver Nuggets as the next dynasty in the NBA? No. (laughs) Why not, Mr. Gibson? They won one. They won one. Let's let them celebrate that one. You know, resign your free agents, Brucey B. Is Brucey B coming back? <laughs> Rocket fans want Bruce Brown. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, exactly. Bring the team back. Keep your team intact. So, yeah, no, it's that not. it's that point in the summer they said the same thing about the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021. Look at that. They have struggled in the postseason, struggled to even get close to the finals over the course of the last two seasons. It's not easy. It's not easy. Joe Mendez with a great statement. In the real world, first impressions are everything, but in the sports world is what can you do on the court? Agree. Summer League trivia for you. Andy and Will. Mm-hmm. Who won Summer League last year? NBA Summer League. Great question. Portland? Yep. I know in 27... 27- 16, it was the Los Angeles Lakers. It's only so, fun fact. That's the only summer league champion I know. But the Blazers won it last year, and they weren't, didn't make the playoffs. You know how I remember that? You know why I remember that? Why? Please tell me I why. I thought it was ridiculous that they got on rings. They oh, that's right. About, yeah, got <laughs> rings. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, my goodness, man. If the Rockets win the summer league, I don't want – I hope someone does do it, but I don't want Rocket fans to say, we're getting a ring, baby. We're getting a summer league ring. Please. <laughs> Please. But on that note, oh, we talked about it. We joked about it. Do we have any more ideas to toss off for UH Athletics <laughs> regarding the promotion they need to do for the Big 12 launch? Have a countdown timer. Make a make it like if it's New Year's Eve and just uh, pop the champagne, pop fire. You know what? They should line up TDCU Stadium like if it was the Super Bowl and just start popping fireworks once it hits midnight. 
the fact that they're not having something on campus is I don't know. You heard Ryan, it's late. No, midnight I'm gonna talk about late. midnight. I'm gonna talk about I'm talking like Saturday morning. You know details um, to come, you never know, Chris. Well, yeah, okay. Think positive today, Will. We're much we're very positive today. Andy's was Mr. Positivity in today's folks talking sports. Uh, so. hindsight. I said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We got to see if it's the light bugs or if it's actually sunlight. There's a train, though. No, so, yeah, so we'll see. Because next Sunday we can talk about Saturday. We'll have a lot to talk about next Sunday on FTS because we'll get an idea. We'll have an idea of NBA free agents. Because yeah. teams <clears throat> can make offers. You want to know James Harden's back with the Rockets? Yeah. The moment it's 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 5 you know, p.m. Central when, when time. De- when teams are supposed to talk to free agents. Yeah. And you have all these deals closing at, yeah, lo- five, yeah. at 5 p.m. exactly. Yeah. So at 6.01 Eastern when <laughs> deals start to be announced. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, Imagine that. How I thought, you know, it, it's only talk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, but that'll be something. Yeah. Minnesota. Nas Reed got that got a good bag for him. Three years, forty two million dollars. Nice yeah. one, especially being undrafted. Salute to him. Uh James Harden signs sounds like he's gonna return to Philly to be with his enabler. Good. Daryl Morey. <laughs> so um and I'm 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 sticking with it more and more now, more confident in it now. I'm referring to him as the enabler. Um Daryl Morey. So good luck there. Kind of curious to see what the Rockets do. Because they gotta spend they got to get to the floor, salary cap floor, and they got to spend at least 45 million bucks. So, Andy, with James Harden most likely going back to Philly, who is your, if you're a Fellstone, who is your number one target in free agency? Hmm. He mentioned Bruce Brown. I think he'd be interested. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent or restricted for the Nuggets. He opted out. He, he opted out. So he could be unrestricted. Yeah. So, and Denver can't. Chris Middleton, will he be? He'll be unrestricted too. Right. Too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm curious. I I think the priority for the Rockets should be get veterans in here that can be key, that could be key consistent rotational players. And again, Tillman Fertitta said it. They're on to phase two. We'll make a, a legitimate leap to phase two and stop competing for for the number one pick for the past. Two, three seasons that James Harden has been gone. Give me one player. Bruce Brown. Number one target. I I guess you could add Fred and Van Bleed in that list too, but I don't think, I don't know if he'd be the right fit for these Rockets. Brooke Lopez, it appears that there's a lot of traction or there's a lot of interest for the Rockets in Brooke Lopez. I think he could, depending on the deal, I'd two, uh, I don't know about three years. I think a two year deal to bring him in here again be that presence and he could be a starter um if you depending on what they want to do it off from Shingun or he could come off the bench if he'd be open to that role I think he'd be a good presence for this Rockets locker room there's a lot of different uh, names you could toss out there Willie Gibson I know you're in Ohio but from an outside looking in you were Fellstone for a minute mm-hmm. your number one target free agency for the Rockets either Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton size <clears throat> All right, Brooke Lopez, what would you be willing to offer Brooke Lopez to come to the Rockets? 
I would go for Brooke Lopez, 18 to 20. How many years? Uh, okay, let's go two years, 38. Split the split the difference. Two years, 38. 19 hey, per. Andy? Agree. That would be a good deal. Two years, 39 million in that range. 38 million. How about Robin Lopez? No, I've seen Robin. No, so Robin. Yeah, yeah. At this he, point, his career he'd be less. Really, he costs less. That's for sure. Yeah, he'd be less. But what, what would he really add to the roster at this point in his career? Nothing. I saw exactly. Robin this year on the bet minimum in Cleveland. And he's, he's overpaid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all up, Robin. All up. Chris Middleton, I did. That'd be. I, I think it would be an, an. It would be an interesting signing. I don't. I, to me, I think he goes back to Milwaukee ultimately, in my opinion. But we'll see. But even that, to get Chris Middleton, I think that'd be like a longer four-year deal, maybe three to get him. So I'm, I'm not too sure if the Rockets are willing to spend that much at this point. But it'd be interesting. It. I think both guys will return to the Bucks, but I'm kind of curious what. What for either of you? I think the Rockets want to overpay over for Brook Lopez. Yeah, what offer would make you say no to Brook Lopez? Anything longer than two years for me. It's about the length more so than the, the money. If it's within two years or less, I, it's okay. I, when it was 2016 and it was that cap explosion and they gave uh, Ryan Anderson, what was it, four years, 50 million? Or was it a recording? Something along those lines. Like Ryan Anderson got four years, $80 million. Yeah, $80 million. Exactly. So... Don't do that. Don't give a long-term contract that's going to be overvalued over the long-term, uh, especially towards the latter end of that deal. I'd say two-year minimum. And if you have to overpay a little bit to get them for, again, you have money to spend, I think you're more inclined to do so in this this free agency term. Two years, $50 million. I'd do that. Is it two years, long-term, short-term. For, for who? Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez. Two, year, two years, $50 million. Two years. After one season doesn't work, you can find someone. per. That's basically doubling what he got from the Bucks last year. It's thirteen million. Yeah, yeah, nah. Two years. Nah. It's two years. Nah, I'll give him a. I'll give him a bump. Two years, thirty-eight, nineteen per. But twenty-five? No. Frick Lopez? No. <laughs> okay. Two years. Either either way, either the two years thirty-eight, two years fifty, whatever. And Brook Lopez. Decides to come to Houston. If you're talking to him in the in the negotiations, are you saying to him, Brooke, you will be our starting five? Absolutely. Andy? Mm-hmm. What do you do with Alfred Shingoon off the bench? Yeah. Rocket fans lit me mm. up last night for saying that, but they got into me on it. But uh, yeah. It'd be interesting. That's why I'd, I'd do short term. I don't know about that. I think he'd be a good presence, but uh, I think eventually you'd want Alfred Shingu to be the starter, not Brooke Lopez. Well, eventually he would be. So, so you down to pay him twenty five million to come off the bench? That's that's where that's where I'm going. Andy, <laughs> you got to spend money. These NBA players, or these NBA teams, spend a lot of money, so they move it around anytime. If they, if you want him, when you add what he brings to the table, you like what he brings to the table, they're going to overpay. So as long as it's not longer than two years. And Will and Andy was referenced last night on 
let's talk Houston Rockets again. Great point by the fans. But this one in particular, the Rockets have to pay that bad team tax, Will. Yeah. So to get a guy like Brooke Lopez, they might have to overpay. Yeah. Or whoever to overpay. But if they want and do overpay for Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Bruce Brown, Kyle Kuzma. Oh. Well, he uh, wants twenty pill. He wants twenty million. That, Jordan, that, 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 yeah, he wants long term deal. Jordan Clarkson, Fred Van Vliet, whoever. Fred Van Vliet most likely, but but if you overpay for a vet, are you telling that vet that you're overpaying? You're starting here. You're going to be a starter. I would think so. Andy, regardless. Who the vet is? I mean, clearly got to be somebody well, who started this past season. If it's obviously. Chris Middleton, yeah. you're starting. If it's a guy like Fred Van Vliet, you're starting. I think Brooke Lopez is a bit of an interesting just player because he's kind of, he's obviously towards the latter end of his career, and I don't. He, he's different. But if it's a guy like Fred Van Vliet or Chris Middleton or even Bruce Brown, I think you could guarantee them a starting spot over, say, a Brooke Lopez. Mm, I don't know if I want Bruce starting though. Yeah, if I say Bruce is coming off the bench, he came off the bench. And, We're a championship and, team. But you would assume that he, you're going to bring him here, you're going to pay him a good amount to bring that veteran presence to be a – you'd imagine if you're going to pay for him, he'd be a starter. How old yeah, is Bruce Brown? Off, he came off the bench in Brooklyn too, right? Yeah, Bruce is like 25. You know, he's a, yeah. young, he's a young dude. Yeah, he's um, – Yeah, he's not starting for him. But, you know – Brooke Lopez is 35 years old. So, Andy, even if he starts, Bruce will be 27 in August. Even if he starts over Al P, he won't finish the game. True. Barring something, if he does, something's wrong with Al P. So, J-Mon's comment, Rocket fans didn't want to hear it. They were just like, Al P, it's an insult to Al P. Al P should start. I'm like, if Brooke is better in starting five than Al P, then start Brooke. I'm not. Again, I say this, and y'all know where I'm going with it. Y'all agree with me. We're not fans. Okay. So we're not coming from it from a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm not part of the Alpern Shingoon fan club. I'm not here to make friends with Al P. If he doesn't get the job done in practice, I'm not gonna start him just because he's the best passing big man on the team. His defense stunk from a lot of last season. It got better toward the end of the season. But if Brooke Lopez gives the team a better start because of his defense, he's to start. Agreed? Agreed. Definitely. You know, Coach Udoka. Hey, Al P, I need more from you, man. I'm expecting more from you. We need more from you defensively. Right now, not getting it done. So we need you to accept your role right now. But when I call you to come off the bench as the first big man, we need you to deliver. Be a pro. I got you, coach. And then I had a comment, I respond. So would you sit down Jalen Green if he didn't? Well, in practice, yeah, I would say I wouldn't start him, but if he ain't getting it done, I'm not gonna keep playing dudes who don't produce. If we're if it's about accountability, 
Will, Andy, J-Mont, Tony, these kids, everybody else. I'm, I am hurting the team if I continue to play guys, players, any sport who don't produce simply because of where they were drafted or how much money they can pay. I'm trying to win. <laughs> okay. I'm not worried. Coach, coach. You know, you tell your people, your boys and friends, coach hurt my feelings today in practice. I ain't worried about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you trying to win or not? Trying, the goal is to win a championship. Is that not the ultimate goal? Yep. Yes, sir. So if that means Jalen Green had to sit down two minutes into the first quarter because he got lit up for f- first four possessions, he's going to sit down. <laughs> Jabari, same thing. Al P, same thing. Jay Shante, KJ Martin, whoever it is. Amin Thompson, whoever it is. Accountability. I'm pretty sure he may sat down. The Jays, when they struggled, when they stunk, you got to hold these guys accountable because if you don't, those bad habits will fester. And then they'll spread, and then you'll just become further and further away from winning the ultimate goal, and that's a championship. That's all I'm saying. Wrapping it up, great conversation. Salute to Ryan Monzo from Gokus.com for joining us in the roughly first half of the show. Willie Gibson, you got the floor first. How can folks find you on social media, sir? Thank you, sir. You can find me on social media at WillGibson7 on Twitter as well as Instagram and Facebook, Will Knows. Mr. Yanez? Yes, sir. They can follow me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. I'm wearing it right now. You can't really tell, but I'm wearing the new Let's Rage Cougs merch, which, Chris, if you can allow me the floor real quickly, I am going to plug it in. Just give me a second to pull it up. The new Let's Rage Cougs line. And like we referenced at the beginning of the show, Houston just days away from joining the Big 12. We officially have new Let's Rage Cougs merch, which you can find at bonfire.com slash store slash Let's Rage Cougs shop. Once again, that's bonfire.com slash store slash Let's Rage Cougs shop. As always, Chris, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this platform and here at Folks Talking Sports. My pleasure. Always glad to have you guys join me on FTS. I got my Round Bar View mug right here, sipping on it, enjoying a beverage. I'm going to say what kind of beverage it is. It's a beverage. Link in the description of the video here. But as always, thank you very much, Tony M., Alan Tran, Jamon, D Skill, Stephen Fernandez, Joe Mendez, folks watching us on Twitter and on YouTube, Facebook as well. Join us next Sunday, I hope, for free agency talk, Big 12 talk. Houston officially joined the Big 12. And Rice. With the additional details. Also, joining a new conference. They will be joining the American officially on July 1st as well. So, for everyone, thank you very much for taking time to talk with us. Send us your comments. Rockets press conference tomorrow, Sunday, Monday afternoon, June 26th, to introduce Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore to the fans, local media, 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern, Mr. Gibson. I assume it'll be on Rockets Twitter and Rockets.com, but if not, you can 
get clips of it, of course, on the Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, as well as on Instagram and maybe even TikTok. So until next Sunday, everybody take care. Peace.